Praise the Lord. We want to join. Uh, we want to welcome everyone who's joined us this morning by live stream. We welcome you. We're glad you're here this morning. Uh, as a church body, we would love to see your faces here because uh, it's so much better to uh, love on each other in person than it is over a video camera. And I know a lot of you who watch this morning are, are not even in this state, but are maybe in uh, far reaches of this state and you can't get here. But if you're in the area and you can get here, we would love to see you. And the body of Christ said, amen, amen. amen. If you have your Bibles there, and I hope all of you do, and if any of our uh, <coughs> visitors do not have a Bible, we have loaner Bibles if you'd like one. Because here's, my, here's, my, here's what I like doing, guys. Too many Christians believe the guy that's standing behind the pulpit. And if you don't have a Bible to verify what I'm telling you today, you're, you could be misguided. Not that I'm going to misguide you, but you could be. And we have people all over the country who are misguided because they never carry a Bible to church. And I'm not being critical of that. But if I can sow a seed in your life that you need to take your Bible, uh, then I'm going to do so because I love you that much. Amen? Amen? So if you need a Bible this morning, don't be embarrassed. Just raise your hand up. We're not trying to embarrass anybody. If you need a Bible, uh, we'd love to give you one. Amen? Everybody good? Well, praise the Lord. Well, since you have your Bible then, uh, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. And I know a lot of you was expecting me to go to Mark 11, 23, and 24 because we've been going there the last few weeks. But we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 6 this morning. See, over the past few weeks, we've been doing a lot of talking about faith and the importance of faith. Amen. And how we release our faith through what? Our words, the things we say. We learned that last week. We release our faith through our words or our confession. And we've been learning how the words that come out of our mouth is what actually sets the course of our life. So I want to continue along those lines this morning. But more specifically, I want to talk to you about and encourage you to have patience after your confession. Too many people don't have patience. They're not uh, doing the things that it takes to see that they're, the, what they're believing for uh, comes to pass. And I realize people don't really want to uh, even think of the word patient. I mean, how many of you in here really like to be patient? Amen. I rest my case. <clears throat> but when you understand, guys, what Bible patience really is, it's going to change your life. You see, patience is one of the main ingredients needed uh, to see your faith manifest in your life. You see, but many times it's misunderstood or maybe even overlooked as how it relates to you standing in your faith. A lot of times people will tell me or say to me, well, I'm standing in faith. And they, they do stand for a little while. Listen to me now. They do stand for a little while, but then over the process of time, when the pressures come, when things don't happen as quickly as they think they should, 
then their standing kind of diminishes. They kind of start falling away from their standing on God's word. Well, how do you know that, Pastor? By what I hear coming out of their mouth. I've had people say, I'm standing for healing. Two weeks later, they're telling you how bad they hurt and how sick they are. Are you listening to me? Amen. I know there's no one in here like that, right? Maybe I'm the only one that's ever done that. That's why it's vitally important that, uh, that we learn what Bible patient is. Because when you learn to operate in Bible patience, then the blessing or what you're believing for will begin to manifest in your life. Can I get an amen? How many want to see whatever you're believing for to manifest? How many of you believing for something right now? How many of you like to see that manifest quickly? Amen. Well, then we're going, to, we're going to learn how to be patient, right? Amen. It's very, very important. So let's look at this in Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 12. I read out of the New King James Version, so yours may or may not read different. Verse number 12 says that you do not become sluggish, but imitate, underline that word imitate in your Bible. But imitate those who through faith and patience, underline those two words, through faith and patience inherit what? The promises, plural. Notice it took more than just having faith to receive the promise. Patience had to be added. Can you see that? So then faith plus patience is what equals God's promises. Isn't that a true equation? Amen. Can you see that? Look at verse 13. For when God made a promise to Abraham, and I just want you to write, if you don't mind writing in your Bibles, if you're not OCD and don't mind writing in your Bible, write your name right there. Write your name beside Abraham's. For when God made a promise to Abraham, or your name, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying... This is God talking now. Surely blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you. How many of you know when God says something like that, it's going to come to pass if you do your part? How many of you know it won't come to pass if you don't do your part? Amen. He says, surely I will bless you and multiplying I'm going to multiply you. And so after he, Abraham, had what? Patiently endured, underline that, he obtained the promise. So we clearly see from these scriptures that faith and patience were being exercised by an individual. Abraham's no different than me. Abraham's no different than you. Amen? There was faith and patience being exercised by an individual before he received God's promises. And it's not any, going to be any different in your life today. Amen. He said, through faith and patience. Romans 12, 3, don't turn there, but it says God has given us a measure of faith. The, new, I mean, the King James Version says the measure of faith, depending on what version you have. So uh, when I hear people say, you know, pastor, I just need more faith. I say, no, you don't. 
You got all the faith you need. All you need to do is to develop what you have. But see, that's where the work comes in. And we talked about that last week, how faith works. Faith is work, guys. And faith without works is dead. And so that's where a lot of people fall short because they don't want to put in the time. They want the blessing. They want the promises of God, but they don't want to do what it takes to get there. So getting quiet in God's house. Am I on y'all street or what? Amen. Everybody always likes it when I'm preaching on the street adjacent to yours. But when I turn on your street and start preaching on your street, baby, turn the lights out. Shut the blinds. He's coming down our road. Hallelujah. I live on some of his porch. Amen. That's why I like to hang out. Because that's the one I see the most potential in. Hallelujah. That's what God did for me. See, he saw potential in me, so he just hung out with me all the time. Glory to God. Hallelujah. People say I need more faith. I say, no, you don't. See, your faith has to be developed. And our patience has to be developed as well. You have to develop patience. Because it's faith and patience working together that's going to bring the promises to you. Are you with me? People have said, Pastor, I have faith and it still hadn't come to pass. Well, okay. What about your patience? Well, I prayed yesterday. Yeah. What about your patience? How long are you willing to wait? I've had people tell me when I say pray over your husband and pray over this person because uh, they've got a, a bad report and they're, they're, the doctors have said they're going to die. And I've said, well, pray this prayer. They're healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus, for the healing. How long do I have to do that? I said, how long do you want them to live? How bad do you want them to live? Do it until you see a difference. I'm telling you today, when you believe in God for something, don't give up on it. Thank Him for it until you see it come into your life. Don't give up on God. Amen? Because it takes faith and patience working together that brings the promise. It says here that Abraham, through faith and patience, inherited the promise. So one of the main characteristics of Bible faith is having Bible patience. Can you see that? And before, before today's message is over... We're going to learn what Bible patience looks like and also how to exercise Bible patience in your life. Can you say amen? amen? The Amplified Version of that same verse, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, in the Amplified. If you don't have an Amplified, just look at the screen. In order that you may grow, may not grow, look at this, disinterested, and become spiritual sluggards. I didn't know Christians could be spiritual sluggards, did you? They can. Anybody in here besides me ever been a spiritual sluggard? Two of us. Oh, three. Okay. Now four, five, six. We'll give you a double-minded a little more time to raise your hand too. We've all been spiritual sluggards a time or two in our lives. But we don't have to stay that way. Amen. 
in order that you may not grow disinterested and become spiritual sluggards. But look at this, but imitators. Now watch this. Here's what an imitator is. Behaving as though do those who through faith by their leaning of the, the entire personality on God in Christ, look at this, in absolute trust and confidence in his power, his wisdom, his goodness. That is a great definition of what Bible faith looks like. Absolute trust and confidence in his power, his wisdom, and his goodness. Can I get an amen? And, that's a conjunction word. By practice of patient endurance and waiting are now inheriting the promises. Verse 13, for when God made his promise to Abraham, he swore by himself since he had no greater by whom to swear, saying, blessing I certainly will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so it was that he, Abraham, having waited long and endured patiently, realized and obtained in the birth of Isaac as a pledge of what was to come, what God has pro had promised to him. So notice Abraham waited long and endured patiently. Then he saw God's promise manifest. And of course, that promise was his son Isaac. And through Isaac, his seed, God would multiply him as the stars in the sky. Therefore, you are sitting here this morning because you are the seed of Abraham. Can I get an amen? So the writer of Hebrews tells us that in order for you and I to not become disinterested in our believing, we have to understand what patience is. The word patience in the Greek means this. It, it has an element of time to it, and I'm going to get into that in a moment. But the patience in the Greek means long-suffering. It means forbearance. It means fortitude. It also, it's also tied to a Greek word that means to endure. Abraham endured patiently. It means to be steady. It means to be consistent and to continue under any and all circumstances. That's a good definition, isn't it? To continue. Hallelujah. So you and I having patience means our faith is steady, it's consistent, and we continue believing no matter what the circumstances. This is what biblical patient does. For example, let's say you're believing for a healing. Or maybe you're believing for a deliverance from some drug or some, from some uh, habit you have. Could be just getting angry. Let's just say you're needing deliverance or maybe uh, you're believing uh, for a lost loved one or maybe a financial miracle, whatever you're believing for. He's saying here, when you start believing for one of God's promises, that there has to be something connected to it and that something is biblical patience. Amen. In other words, <clears throat> you and I, have to be able to endure what is about to come against us. How many of you know that when you start believing God for something, immediately the devil comes to steal it? John 10.10 10 says the devil comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. 
So anytime you start believing for anything from God, the devil's going to come against you. And you just better know that. Amen. It ain't your, it ain't your family coming against you. It's the devil. Amen. Glory to God. I'm preaching me happy. <clears throat> many times, this is where many believers tend to fall short. I know I did. And if they're not careful, listen to me. They start out believing God. In the beginning, they believe him. Oh, yeah, Pastor, I'm standing on Scripture so-and-so. But when the trials come, when the devil attacks, when the circumstances come, when the negative comes, when the pressures that are put on you, that are associated with, with your faith, there's pressures that come along with your faith. Devil's going to immediately try to talk you out of what you're believing for. You know what? He's going to sound just like you. That may have been true for somebody else, but it ain't true for you. I mean, it, he said, he says, if you, you'll have what you say. Well, you said it twice and you ain't got it. It's a lie. Is he the only one that ever lied to? Am I the only one he ever lied to? Amen. When I got saved, when I first got born again, man, I was such, I was so excited. And I heard the preacher, man, of course, I never verified it from the Bible. I never started reading the Bible at first on my own. Preacher man said, come to the Lord Jesus Christ and God's going to give you peace, joy, happiness, a great marriage, great kids that always mind you. And I came to the Lord and got saved and all hell broke loose in my house because the devil came against me, my wife, my children. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I felt. Because I, you know what? And then after, uh, from 1985 to 1990, I believed that the word was a lie. And you know what happened in 90? I backslid. I said, this is a lie. I'm out of here. Many Christians don't read their Bible and they hear a preacher say one thing and then it don't happen immediately. They immediately think the Bible is a lie and God's a liar. But he's not. We have a part. Amen. And I know everybody who goes to church here knows that. Praise God. <clears throat> but this is where they fall short. When the pressure start coming, then they just quit like I did. They quit on their faith. They quit on their believing. And when they do that, this, they abort the answer. Too many Christians are aborting the promise of God because they have no patience. They just quit simply because they don't practice patience. Are you listening to me? Notice again that the scripture points out or points to Abraham as our example. Showing us that Faith and patience working together is what causes the promises of God to come to pass. Listen to me. For over 25 years, Abraham held to the promise. It's hard to get some Christians to hold on to the promise for 25 days. Some of us can't hold on for 25 minutes. Time we leave the service till we get out to the parking lot. 
We start talking about all the things that's going wrong in our life instead of giving God praise for what's going right. But Abraham held on to his promise. And in the natural realm, it seemed impossible that he and Sarah would ever have a son. But it was his faith and patience that caused the promise to manifest. And although there is an element of time, and that's what I told you about waiting and patience ain't standing there patting your foot, waiting on God to move. It's continuing in Him, continuing to read His Word, study His Word, confess His Word, thank Him for His Word, and live His Word. Can I get an amen to that? But although there is an element of time associated with patience, time is not patience. Patience is endurance. Patience is consistency. Patience is the ability to stand. Ephesians chapter 6, 13, don't uh, turn there. Uh, it says, and I'm going to paraphrase, it says, when you've done all you know to do, stand. We just Sometimes we just need to stand. We need to plant our feet and say, no, devil, you ain't pushing me off my promise. Patience causes you to stand and to endure. And you know what develops your patience? Trials. <laughs> Isn't that what uh, James told us in chapter one? Count it all joy when you fall into various trials and temptations, knowing that through the pressure of in the trial, your patience is going to grow. I tell people, don't ever pray for patience because then you're just praying for more trials. But what we do is when the trials come, we, we, we exercise patience, amen, by speaking the word, by doing, the, doing all the things we know to do, guys. Amen. Hallelujah. Patience causes us to stand and endure. Trials, pressures, and circumstances, all of these work together on developing our patience. How do we know that? Some of us have experienced it, but we'll just stay with the Bible. How about that? And for 25 years, Abraham believed God for a seed. See, all he had was God's word on it. And that's what's tough a lot of times in our lives. All we have is God's word on it. Amen? All you have is God's word on it. All you have is his promise to you. In his own physical body, there was no way for him to produce a son. And Sarah, bless her heart, even though she was still beautiful, the Bible says that her womb didn't work anymore. So in the natural, they couldn't have kids. But yet, God gave him a promise. I said, God gave him a promise. God has given you a promise. And for 25 years, there were the same pressures that you and I go through. Family ridiculing him. Don't you know he went around going, God's called me the father of many nations. <laughs> yeah, okay, stupid. 
you're 90 years old already. You ain't going to have no kids. And he had to put up with that. Or he's 75 when he first started. I'm sorry. He was 100 years old before it came to pass. For, for, so for 25 years, probably his family was the one that ridiculed him the most. And, I, I, and y'all, everybody that's, that's heard this testimony, it even happened to me when I was, God called me to be a preacher. First one that says, you, a preacher, was my wife. <laughs> that's encouraging. <laughs> Amen. She'd tell you the same thing if she was in here, praise God. But you know what? You know what I did? I told God to tell her. And see, God even told Sarah. And she laughed at him, thinking he couldn't even hear her laughing. Uh Uh-huh. I guess he showed her, didn't he? Hallelujah. But they waited for 25 years. See, her body couldn't produce kids either. But they had a promise. Thoughts of quitting. Thoughts of doubt. Thoughts of doing it some other way. Plan B. And they even actually failed in that at first. Yeah, Sarah says, well, baby, maybe God wants you to lay with my handmaiden. He said, well, okay. I will. You know, the Bible does not record that she twisted his arm. Okay, baby. Happy wife, happy life. I'll go in with her. And we've been paying for it ever since. Plan B is right. Too many Christians turn to plan B without giving God a chance to operate in plan A. Hallelujah. Very few times, my brothers and sisters, very few times in my own life have, I can probably count them on one hand, where miracles happened immediately, where I prayed and bam, it was. No, most of the time, it was after me believing and confessing God's word over my life. It was after me standing and resisting the attacks of the devil, both mentally and physically. It was after me patiently enduring until I received God's promise. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And I praise God for those times when the miracle does immediately happen. And I'm not discounting them because I know they do happen. I have had a couple of immediate miracles in my life. Amen. But what we're seeing today in God's Word is there going to be times when uh, we're believing God for something that we're just going to need to stand and believe and to resist and to endure. Can I get an amen? Amen. There are going to be those attacks from the devil that are going to come against you. Why does God allow that? I mean, sometimes I thought, Lord, why don't you just take care of things for me? I mean, after all, you are God. You know how much I love you, Lord. Why don't you do something about my situation? He said, I did. I sent my son. I've already done it. I sent my son. 
And he took everything on his body that you would ever have to go through. Every disease, every sickness. He took it all. He took the mental attacks, the verbal abuse, the physical beatings. So I've already done everything. So son, John, you need to accept it. Do your part. Sell out to me. Go all in. Everything's waiting on you. All you have to do, son, is you've got to do your part. Amen. Don't shout me down now just because I'm preaching good. I mean, Lord, you know everything I need. You know I need your help. You're God. Just do it. Here's the answer, guys. God did not do it in my life and he's not going to do it in yours without your help because there's a place that God wants you to get where you're totally dependent on him. Totally. Going all in for him. Being totally dependent on him. Can I get an amen to that? He wants you in that place. He's got something bigger and better for you that no matter what the pressures that come, no matter what the circumstances there may be, no matter the trials, no matter the attacks that the devil's going to bring against your faith, <clears throat> that you're always going to trust in God. He wants you in a place where you allow his word to develop in you so mightily <clears throat> and gives you a strength that you will never, ever, ever quit. See, that's the only difference between me now and what I was in 1984 through 1990. See, I've got a strength on the inside of me now because for the last 26 years, I'm not bragging on me, I'm bragging on Jesus. But for the last 26 years, I've been steadily reading, studying, and doing His Word. I've only, preached, I've only been a preacher for six years, guys. We do this as lay people. We do this as saints of God. This is not just for preachers. You want to grow up in God? You want to have your prayers answered on a regular basis? Get in His Word. Imitate Abraham. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't wanting to wait 25 years for something, but I will if I had to. I guess I've actually waited, uh, what is it, uh, 6 minus 26 would be 20 years. I've waited 20 years for him to put me in this position, which I never asked for. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Matter of fact, I was like Jonah. I'm going fishing. But he said, no, you're not. You're going to preach my word. And how many of you know when God talks to you that plainly, you're not going to deny him? Yeah. Amen. Because I have learned one thing over my 26 years, that it's, it's a blessing to be obedient. Everybody say obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. That was absolutely free, guys. Hallelujah. But he wants us into a place that we lean on him. And like I said, almost every time I've ever received anything from God, it's been by me confessing his word, standing on his word, and obeying his word until my need Manifested. Here's the key. I kept developing my faith and exercising my patience. 
You must develop your faith and exercise patience if you are going to receive from God. Are you with me? All right. Praise the Lord. Everybody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Notice here in verse number 12, it says that we are to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So in this case, we are to imitate who? Brother Abraham. Now turn over to Romans chapter 4. Keep in mind that we are to uh, imitate Brother Abraham. He is our example, and he is an example of how we, you and I, are to stand and exercise our patience. Look at this in verse number 17, Romans 4, 17. Say amen when you're there. I told the Lord this morning, I said, I want to get them out early, Lord. I've, I've been holding them over. They've got, they've, they've got, what do they call them, rollover miles, rollover minutes. And y'all been doing a great job of listening quickly. Amen. Romans 4.17 says, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him he, he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. I want you to underline that one sentence. I'm not going to elaborate on it today, but we will be talking about it more in the future. Call the, and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Look at verse 18. Who contrary to hope, now he's talking about natural hope here, okay? That's me thinking with my natural mind. My mother and I had a conversation this morning. She was reading in Proverbs chapter 3. I said, yeah, probably verses 5 and 6, where it says, uh, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. And she said, yeah, 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 that's it, that's it. That's what we need to be doing. Trusting in him with all of our heart, amen? amen. Hallelujah. Who contrary to hope, he's talking about natural hope. In other words, he removed anything that would cause him to believe something could happen without God's intervention. A lot of times we need to remove our own ways, our own thought patterns, anything that's going to make us believe that we had anything to do with it. And God will get you in a position where you have to do that. I'm not talking about putting sickness or disease or anything like that on you. Okay. God is not the author of sickness. He's not the author of disease. I'm talking about everyday life situations that we go through. He's going to allow us to get in those situations. So we'll quit leaning on our own understanding and start leaning on him. Can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. Man, that's good preaching. Thank you, Lord. Not bragging on me. That's not in my notes. Hallelujah. All right. Who contrary to hope believed that God would intervene in his life. Isn't it amazing that God waited until Abraham was 100 years old just so Abraham would get everything out of the way? <laughs> Amen. Sometimes our mind is our worst enemy. 
because we try to figure it out for God like they did. Well, maybe I'll just go on laying them with hers. No, that didn't work. Let me, how about this other one? No, There's, there is no plan B with God, guys. He'll let us go through with plan Bs, but they're not always the best for us. Right. Amen. We have to trust in the Lord. Kind of like Abraham. See, all he had, and I told you this a while ago, all he had was God's word on it. I mean, what? I'll just use my son because that happened to them. Thank you, Lord. My son and his wife, they've been married, I don't know, if he ever watches this, he'll probably correct me, 20-something years. Let's just say 25, 27 years, okay? After 13 or 15 years, they had had no child. And, of course, they had told us that that they got a bad report that she would never have kids. And after a while, me and Brenda were able to financially, and technology had improved with this uh, in vitro or whatever it is. I don't even know how to, what to call it. But we called them and I said, son, mom and dad can help. If y'all want to have that done, we will help pay for it. He said, here's what he said, guys. He said, no, Dad, if Sarah and Abraham can have a child after 25 years, me and Sarah, I mean, me and, uh, oh my gosh, I better remember her name. I'm really going to catch it. <laughs> Rebecca. <laughs> I know it, man. He <laughs> said, no, Dad, if Sarah and Abraham can have a baby after 25 years, Rebecca and I can have one after 15 so we're going to stand on our faith, Dad. Thank you anyway. I said, well, okay. And here's, here's reasoning coming back at him. See, well, how about if we just pay for y'all to go get a second opinion? He said, well, we'll go get a second opinion. So anyway, they did. They was able to do a procedure to help uh, that they said might help. And of course, we have a eight or nine-year-old grandson now. Praise God. Yeah. Hallelujah to Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he does a miracle for one, guys, he'll do a miracle for everyone. That's how, what kind of a loving God he is. Yeah. Say amen back there. Praise the Lord. Look at that verse 18 again. It says, who contrary to hope in hope believed. Look at verse 19. This is a very, very powerful scripture. Romans 4, 19. And not being weak in faith. I want to just stop right there for a moment. In the Bible, I don't remember how many exactly there are, but there's, here's, here's what Jesus said. He said one time, where is your faith? That means there's no faith sometimes. We have no faith at all. And he was talking to his disciples in the boat. Remember that story? When they couldn't rebuke the wind and the rain, he got up and said, where's your faith at, guys? Come on. See, too many, too many Christians, when you start talking about not having enough faith to, to get a miracle or not having enough faith to get healed or not having enough faith, they, the devil comes in and tries to put condemnation on them. Okay? But listen, let me help you. There's no faith in the Bible. There's 
little faith. There's weak faith. He was not weak in faith. You know who had the strongest faith? A guy that wasn't even saved. The soldier. The centurion. When he told uh, Jesus, he says, I understand what authority is, bud. You just speak the word. And I know my servant will be healed. Amen. So there's different levels of faith. So don't let the devil condemn you if you, you, you keep a snotty nose longer than you think you ought to. Can I get an amen? Amen. That was good preaching right there. Somebody ought to shout. And being not weak in faith. Listen to me. Abraham's faith never weakened. Even after 25 years. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider what? His own body. About dead, since he was about 100 years old. And then the deadness of Sarah's womb. I want you to see something in this verse 19. He said, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider. Underline that in your Bible. The key to him not weakening in his faith is Abraham did not consider. Get a hold of that. He didn't consider his own body and how he felt or what his 100-year-old bones was telling him or wasn't telling him. He didn't believe, he didn't consider his wife's body in the deadness of her womb. He didn't consider what people thought about him because he kept confessing what God had told him. He didn't consider any of that. See, the word consider in the Greek means to think upon. It means to ponder. It means to meditate on. It also needs, in Texas terms, to mull over it. We mull over things and we pass things through our mind after God tells us something when we ought to just be standing on what God said. Can I get an amen? In other words, when you're considering something, uh, you're thinking on it. You're pondering on it. You're mulling it over. And listen to me, when you start doing that, it opens the door to the enemy to start attacking you and attacking your thoughts. I told you last week that if he can put a thought in your head and he can keep it there long enough to where you let it get into this heart and it comes out of your mouth, you have aborted your blessing. Period. Until you change it back. Tell you uproot that seed. Amen. See, the, uh, the, the enemy, Satan, attacks people through their mind. He's wanting them to ponder on what God said. Yeah, I know he said you're healed, but, you know, your healing ain't manifested yet. So, you know, it's probably for them other Christians, but not you. You know, you've only been saved two or three days. How can you expect God to heal you? You've only been saved a short time. How can you ask God for a financial blessing? That's what he does. And like I told you in the beginning, his voice sounds just like yours. Well, yeah, I guess you're right, man. And then you start repeating it. Guess what? He got you. He just set a trap for you. He just set a snare. The Bible says we're snared by the words of our mouth. Not by Satan, but by what? 
the words of our mouth. I know that's a proverb, I believe. Everybody can Google that if you want to. Hallelujah. <clears throat> you see, the mind, your mind, my mind, is the primary place where the enemy will attack us in order to get our attention off of the Word of God and over onto how we feel, <laughs> what we see, and what we hear. This is where Satan ambushes people. And every Christian needs to know that. The very moment you start believing God for something, the devil launches an attack against your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. He'll get you all emotional. The very moment you confess you're believing for such and such, the devil will do everything he can to get you to consider or ponder, listen to me, the what ifs. Well, what if it don't happen? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this? What if that? The what ifs. How many of you have ever gotten the what, a case of the what ifs? Am I the only one? We'll have an altar call for liars here in just a few minutes. But this is the time and the place. When you start getting the what ifs, that is the time and the place where Bible patience has to be exercised. It is the time and place uh, when you're going to have to hold fast to your confession of faith. Even when everything around you looks contrary. Even if everyone around you talks different, you got to hold on and hold on to God's word. Can I get an Amen. Remember, Abraham is our example of what Bible patience really looks like. So look at Romans 4 uh, again. I'm going to read it again, and then I'll close here in just a few minutes. No hurry, right? We got until the rapture. Amen. It says in verse 19, And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now watch this. And he did not waver at God's promise or at the promise of God through unbelief. Every time you have an unbelieving thought and you let it coming out of your mouth, you are wavering. And if you'll read the book of James, you'll find that those who waver, those who are double-minded, you need to not expect you're going to get anything from the Lord. Amen. This is serious business, guys, but if we'll get a hold of this, the day I got a hold of this, it, it revolutionized my faith. It revolutionized my, my, my confession. Amen. How many of you in here have had your confession revolutionized? Amen. The Word of God will do that. Praise God. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. Notice his faith not only didn't weaken, guys, his faith actually strengthened over those 25 years. And look at this. Because he gave glory to God. How many times have I told you, ask God for something once and then thank him and give him glory for it for the rest of the time until it manifests. Quit asking over and over and over and over, thinking God ain't heard you. Because in its own form, that is doubt and unbelief. 
We studied this on Wednesday night. If you believe you were healed by the stripes of Jesus, when you claim your healing, why would you want to ask for it again? Because asking for it again means He didn't do it. Are you listening to me? Asking for a financial miracle every time you look at your checkbook means He hasn't supplied your need. Or you wouldn't be asking for it again. Don't shout me down now, just because I'm preaching good. How did Abraham strengthen his faith? By giving glory to God. In other words, every time the enemy attempted to get Abraham to ponder on the natural, Abraham pondered on the Word of God. He said, No, my God said, No, I'm healed, or I'm, I'm going to have a son. Amen. He said things like this. This is what I would probably say. Father, I thank you that, uh, and I'm not thanking you, Father, for the test. <laughs> I'm thanking you in the test. I praise you for getting me on the other side of my test. You said you would make me the father of many nations. And you promised me a son or the seed to do that and to make that happen. So right now, I'm going to stand on your word and, and stand on my confession until I see the promise manifested in my life. It's as simple as that. Listen to me. Everybody listening? God loves his children to voice that they depend on him. He don't want you leaning on your own understanding. It wouldn't have, that wouldn't have been a commandment in Proverbs. See, that's not a suggestion in Proverbs chapter 3. That's a commandment. Don't lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him and everything. Amen? He loves his children being dependent on him. God does not want to hear us talking about or magnifying our trials or our tests in life. He wants to hear us uh, or how his living word is the answer to all of our trials and tests in life. Amen. Brothers and sisters, giving God glory in the midst of the test is how you and I exercise Bible patience. And exercising Bible patience strengthens our faith. Can you say amen? It says here in verse 20, he did not waver at the promise of God. Don't turn there, but Hebrews 10, 23, write that down. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he talking about God he who promised is faithful we got to know that God is faithful to his word amen listen what most Christians need to do is hold fast to what they have confessed and not give up on what God has promised you see, the only way, and I want you to make sure you hear me here, the only way the devil can stop the promises of God is if with you, is with you, with your mouth, abort the promise. You have authority over the devil. We're going to be talking about that in the near future. Everybody knows that, but we're going to learn it some more. Amen. You have authority over the devil. You have to open your mouth and make sure that he knows that you know who you are in Christ Jesus. 
Amen. You have to forfeit what God has promised. You have to abort what God has promised. You have to forfeit the fact that you are, you are already healed. Amen. You're not going to be healed. You are healed. You would have to forfeit or abort the fact that uh, your wayward children will be saved because of your faith. Acts 16.31, read it. Amen. You've got to forfeit uh, everything that God has promised you for, for it to not show up in your life. And the devil has to get you to forfeit every one of those things and that's why we must learn to stand in our faith. Amen? You see, it's not just faith that causes God promises to manifest. It is faith in what? Patience. patience. Thank you. Faith and patience that causes it to manifest. And your patience, just like your faith, has to be developed. Are you with me? Now, look at verse 20 again. Then we're going to close. I promise. This is my second closing. Romans 4.20 says he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Now watch this. And being fully convinced. Everybody say fully convinced. Fully, fully convinced that what he, God had promised, he was able to perform it. Notice God does the performing and we do the believing. Amen. And therefore, verse number 22, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness or for right standing with God. Now it was, it was not written, look at this, for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but look at this, also for who? Us. You can put your name out beside there. It wasn't written. What we just read, everything we've been studying for the last almost an hour was not just written as a storybook. It was written for you and I to take it, grab a hold of it, and use it to build our faith and build our patience. Amen? So let me close with this. More times than not, it's going to be uh, patience after your confession that's going to manifest whatever it is you're believing for. It's going to be your patience. It's going to be your endurance. We have to endure. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Your faith is empowered by how patient you are. Amen. How many of you are still waiting on something? Good, I'm not the only one. Amen. How many of you still believe in God for it? How many of you need to go back now and cancel some, maybe some words you might have said over it? <laughs> Amen. That's what, these, that's what these sessions are for, guys, to learn. There's none of us in here arrived. Amen. Did anybody walk across Blanco River this morning? Well, you could have. It was dry. A trick question, guys. No, we all drove cars. Nobody's walking on water. But you know we can if we can believe. Isn't that true? 
Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Whoo, glory to God. That was good. Hallelujah. You know, we never end a, 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 a teaching or end a service without giving everyone, not only in this room, but also those watching my live stream this morning. We want to give everyone an opportunity to not only get saved, but to make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. See, when you start studying the Bible, there's a difference. Everybody, he can be your Savior, but He wants you. He wants to be your Lord. You know, if you if you make Him your Lord, you know what that is. That means you've surrendered to Him. That means every area in your life, you're going to do your best to turn it over to Him. Amen. Amen. So let's do that this morning. You may or may not be saved already. You may be saved, but you now you kind of been backslid for a few years or uh, for a time in your life, and now you want to get back with the Lord. You want to rededicate your life to the Lord. In either case, if that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to just slip a hand up and then put it right back down. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God sees those hands. I want everybody in this building and everybody watching my live stream to confess this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is your only begotten Son, that He died and rose again so I could have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus Christ, come into my heart. Change me from the inside out. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. I give my life to you. In your precious name I pray. Amen and amen. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. Give the Lord another clap offering. Again, we want to thank everyone, all of our visitors today. Be sure and take your cars back into the uh, fellowship hall. And, and get your gift from us. Grab you a couple of donuts, a cup of coffee, whatever you want. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. The last thing we always say in closing is we serve a what? Miracle. A miracle working God. And you are always next in line for your miracle. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. <laughs>